0: The nation's capital by Clifton Johnson. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The nation's capital. The powerful Algonquin tribe at one time had its capital within the confines of what is now the District of Columbia. Powhatan lived in a wigwam at the present Washington suburb known as Anacostia. Captain John Smith sailed past here in 1608 and recorded that he found the river full of luscious fish and its shores lined with ferocious savages. A party of immigrants came to the region in 1660 and by dint of fighting and bargaining made the Indians move on. Then the newcomers began to till the soil. After the colonies had won their independence, and the question of selecting a permanent site for a capital had to be decided all agreed that it should be fixed as near as possible to what would remain the center of population which in 1790 was twenty-three miles east of baltimore some were convinced that it would stay indefinitely in the north and others that the tides of humanity would flow toward the warm and fertile south none foresaw the transformation that would be wrought by railroads and telegraphy and the teeming civilization destined to develop in the western solitudes by nineteen ten the center of population was in bloomington indiana when congress finally agreed in seventeen ninety to establish the capital on the potomac it simply designated a strip eighty miles long from which president washington was to choose the location washington himself therefore walked through the wilderness with his surveying instruments and his assistants, and discussed terms and titles at the georgetown tavern with the owners of the land the district of columbia was at first ten miles square and included a tract on each side of the potomac but that on the southern side was later relinquished diminishing the area to sixty nine square miles the topographical plan of the city was devised by a french engineer who had served in the continental army he based it on that of versailles the seat of government in france the plan was on such a grand scale and the actual growth so slow for many years that washington was often satirically called the city of magnificent distances long straight avenues were cut through the forest and on september eighteenth seventeen ninety three the southeast cornerstone of the capital was laid by the president after the exercises ended The assemblage retired to an extensive booth to partake of a barbecued ox and presently fifteen volleys of artillery concluded the festival the white house was begun a year earlier and was ready for use in 1799 john adams was the first president to occupy it mrs adams says in one of her letters the lighting of the apartments from the kitchen to parlors and chambers is a tax indeed the great unfinished east room I make a drying room to hang my clothes in washington called the place federal city but after he died it received its name when the seat of government was moved from philadelphia to the new capital in eighteen hundred department records and equipment were sent by vessels and the clerks and officials journeyed with their families by stage they found washington very inadequately prepared to receive them and those who could not crowd into the few hotels and other buildings had to resort to georgetown three miles away through mud and forest only one government building was finished and pennsylvania avenue the principal thoroughfare was a bog lined by bushes the original intention was to build the city on the salubrious high ground immediately around the capitol and that the president's house should be a secluded comfortable retreat amid ample grounds in the suburbs but the people persisted in building on the low ground adjacent to the broad pennsylvania avenue which led from the capitol to the executive mansion on august twenty fourth eighteen fourteen a british force of five thousand after defeating a somewhat larger body of americans mostly militia at bladensburg encamped at nightfall close to washington and details of troops burned the capitol White House, Treasury, and Navy Yard. The conflagration lit up the whole surrounding country. Before Mrs. Madison, the wife of the President, left the city, she secured Gilbert Stewart's celebrated portrait of Washington and the original draft of the Declaration of Independence to carry with her. The stone walls of the President's mansion remained standing, and when the building was restored, the stone was painted white to obliterate the marks of the fire thus it acquired the name by which it is commonly known the city developed slowly very little paving had been done by eighteen sixty and most of the streets were worse than country roads in summer the dust rose in clouds and in winter the streets were well-nigh impassable with mud street railways did not exist until eighteen sixty two the civil war transformed the city into a vast military camp and hospital long trains of army wagons were almost constantly passing through the streets and at times many churches public institutions and the capital itself were given up to hospital service the dome and two wings of the capitol were built between the years eighteen fifty one and eighteen sixty five the wings are marble but the main building is sandstone painted white the dome is one of the stateliest in the world And its impressiveness is aided by the admirable situation of the building on a dominating hilltop which rises ninety feet above the level of the potomac on the tip of the dome is a bronze statue of liberty sixteen and one-half feet high the building covers three and one-half acres and is in a fifty acre park an odd feature of the interior is a whispering gallery in the rotunda the white house a trifle over a mile distant is no less satisfying in its stately simplicity and its generous grounds seventy-five acres in extent that sweep down to the potomac river there by the waterside is the washington monument a widely famed architectural feature of the city chiefly impressive because of its height for it is an absolutely unornamented tapering marble shaft more severely plain than a factory chimney the obelisk was begun in 1848 but work on it ceased in 1854 when it had reached a height of 156 feet and was not resumed until 1877 it was finished in 1884 at a cost of two million dollars from the floor to the tip it soars up 555 feet and for years it was the highest masonry structure in the world it can be ascended either by a fatiguing climb of its 900 steps or by elevator. The walls are 15 feet thick at the entrance, but gradually thin to 18 inches at the top. The immensity of the monument is only fully appreciated when one stands right at its base, but it is seen to best advantage from an adjacent island park. Summer heat and winter bleakness detract from the charm of the city, and the ideal months for a visit are May and October. Of all American cities, Washington has the largest Negro population, about 100,000, but New York and New Orleans are close seconds. Everywhere are the vast structures necessary for carrying on the nation's business. On the same hill occupied by the Capitol is the enormous Congressional Library, finished in 1897 at a cost of $6 million and capable of containing four and one-half million volumes. Its sumptuous adornments of painting, sculpture, colored marbles, and gilding have special interest. The Bureau of Engraving and Printing is the largest printing plant in the world. Here you can see paper money, bonds, and stamps in the process of manufacture, and visit an exhibit of old-time fractional currency, shin plasters, and see a $10,000 gold certificate, the largest note issued. Among the many treasures at the Museum of Natural History are the Roosevelt African Trophies, complete group studies of North American Indians, showing their habits and ceremonies, and exhibits illustrating early man in various countries. The Botanic Gardens and Smithsonian Institution also have exceptional attractions. The Union Railway Station is a fitting companion to the best of the government buildings in architectural beauty and size many wonderful paintings can be seen at the Corcoran gallery and the national gallery of art on tenth street is ford's theatre where lincoln was shot just across the street is the house in which he died and which is now a repository for lincoln relics nearby is baptist alley through which john wilkes booth escaped rock creek cemetery should be visited if for no other reason because it contains st godin's noble monument to mrs henry adams the city wharves along the potomac are not without touches of the picturesque and a canal comes into the place high up on the north bank of the river to which it descends by a series of locks coal brought from the mines in the cumberland mountains is the ordinary canal boat cargo within easy reach of washington are various noteworthy attractions including arlington which was the home of general lee old alexandria mount vernon and the great falls of the potomac end of the nation's capital by clifton johnson